fans, shop for cover shrooms, party corps, always deep with a gerbil bereavement. One, two, three, psychiatrist, ketamine, anyone? I've never pooped in an encyclopedia. Dad, 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 can we get a little kitty with a gay, 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 gay wrestling promoter? We rub his lip with my extra large bone. This is my worst holiday. Today's episode, this is no surprise, is brought to you by Amazon. That's right, Amazon, the big dog. Hey, if you're going to buy something, it's easy enough just to go to my website, www.myworstholiday.com, click the Amazon link, and buy what you're going to buy in the first place. It's not going to cost you anything more. It's just going to help us out a little bit. Also brought to you by uh, a bunch of shit that's on there. Hey, if you see it on my website, just click the fucking link and buy it, okay? Yeah, that makes it easy. Also brought to you by Cigar Bundles of Miami. This is something, this is something that's actually paid dividends for me. So I'm going to talk about Cigar Bundles from Miami. I like the San Andreas Maduros. Look, they're affordable. They're fantastic. Like, one good stick will last me an hour and a half to two hours. Like, like you can't get that for about, a, what, about $2.50 a, a cigar? You can't beat that. That's fantastic. Uh, so shout out to Alex Harada. And with that being said, from a room next to my bathroom in my basement, this is My Worst Holiday, a podcast about your worst wedding, your worst funeral, bachelor party, bachelorette party, or whatever is funny after the fact. We want to hear it. And today we have Hollywood royalty with us, man. We have Scott Schwartz. He was Flick in The Christmas Story. He was uh, the little masturbates in the toy. How is it to work with Richard Pryor, man? My God, you just pour it on like freaking maple syrup, don't you? I do. <laughs> How was it to work with Richard Pryor and Jackie Gleason? Bro, oh it was gosh. great. They were they were fantastic. Oh, Jackie See? Gleason. The horn goes off, baby. Jackie Gleason, man. <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I wish I wish that he would be one of my dream interviews. Would be to sit down with Jackie Jackie Gleason. Well, I mean he. <laughs> He was older, so he commanded respect, he wanted mm-hmm. respect, and he deserved the respect. He did that and, back in the Honeymooners. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, he was already in show business for good 40 years, you know, when I worked with him. And uh, I was a fan like anybody else. I mean, I knew The Hustler, I knew Smokey and the Bandit, right. I knew The Honeymooners, Um and I mean, our size difference was, you know, tremendous because I was supposed to be a young kid and whatever. Right. But I could, I could do Buford T. Justice as good as he could. <laughs> so I would, I would do impressions of him to him, and impression is the highest form of flattery. Of course, at 13 years old, that wasn't my thinking. My thinking was more of just having fun with him. Right. And he got a kick out of me, you know, telling him, you know, you know, you could not come from my loins. Yeah. He got a kick out of that. Ain't, ain't no way you came from my loins. When I get home, I'm going to smack your mama right in the mouth. <laughs> you got a pretty, pretty damn close, you know. <laughs> you know, I mean, I used to do the. You want something? Hush puppies, daddy. We got no time for that crap. Don't, don't, some bitch. bitch. God. So so he, he, he got a kick out of it. So his, his thing for decades is he hated working with kids and animals. Now that they told me, I really didn't pay much attention to it. And I was just me. Mm-hmm. So it made it made for fun. So it led to many conversations, and I was a fan of old time Hollywood, burlesque, vaudeville. So right. I mean, the, the things that I asked him were not typical of a thirteen year old. Right, right. I wanted to I wanted to know if he knew George M. Cohan, you know, which is you know, me and Doodle Dandy and all that. And so, I mean, when he says to me, "Yeah, we used to hang out in the street corner in Brooklyn," I'm like, "Oh my oh, god!" god. You know? <laughs> So, but it led to sort of it it led to a friendship that when we had downtime, we were at the uh, the house uh, that you see on on, in the film, right? And uh, we had a lot of downtime during the big party scene and all that. And one day he's like, uh, "Hey kid, you shoot pool?" I could barely see over the the pool table at that point, and I said, 
I, I said, no, Mr. Gleason, I don't really, you know, haven't really done it. He said, oh, come on. So we grabbed what they call an apple box, which is like a carton you would put apples in. Yeah. And he brought it into the room in the house where the pool table was, and he taught me how to shoot pool. Boom, the hustler. Yep. Fuck. Yep. Wow. <laughs> that's, how I learned. that's how I learned how to shoot pool. Wow. Did he give you your first cigarette? <laughs> Oh, no, but here, this is, you know, you wanted, you wanted a great story. This is the difference between then and now. Hey, give me just a second. Give me just a second. Everybody, we're talking to Scott Schwartz, uh, Hollywood legend. Uh, he's been in uh, just a ton of different things. Um, but, uh, oh, and a friend of mine asked me, uh, he wanted to know if there was actual piranhas in the lake. Um, so, no, no. <laughs> no that, was, that was a two-week project of the people, the set people, digging a hole in that little lake and putting the uh, air pockets. They, they did like a, co- a, a cable yeah. that had openings, so they blew air into it, so it created the bubbles. And then they had to figure out how to do the walking on water. Yeah, the walking on water that Richard so Pryor did. This is from yeah, the movie Toy. We're talking to uh, Scott Schwartz. They put in cement pylons into the water and put it on a base so they could put the platform on top of it Right under the water line, so Richard could walk, could run on it. Yeah, he could run on it with the little holes yeah. in his pants and shit like that. Yeah. But hey, if you've never seen the movie The about, Toy, uh, uh, your Gleason. homework for tonight is watch the movie The Toy with uh, Jackie Gleason, Richard Pryor, and Scott Schwartz. Uh, Hollywood legendary. So, <laughs> so you, you wanted a, a fun story, which again, as I was saying, was the difference between then and now. Yeah. Gleason used to get. Uh, people having come over to him, Mr. Mm-hmm. Gleason, this, Mr. Gleason, that, whatever it was, an autograph, whatever it was. Finally, he figured out what to do. He actually called me over and used to sit me on his lap, okay, very innocently. Yeah. But he would sit me there. He used me as a human shield, a human buffer, <laughs> because if people saw me sitting on his lap, they wouldn't come over to him. <laughs> he would then sit there and he would call his assistant Mel. That was the guy's name. And he would put two fingers up in the V shape, and Mel would come over and stick the cigarette in there. Yeah. And Gleason would put it in his mouth, and Mel would light it. Now I'm sitting six inches from his face. Because <laughs> it's the '80s and, and chain smoke. Yeah, it's the '80s. It's the How 80s. are you, kid? He would literally. He would go through between three and a half and five packs a day of unfiltered Pall Malls. Fuck. See, that was every day. That's a pro. I thought my mom was good. You know, I thought my mom really had the smoking corner down. Yeah, no, no, that guy, he wins. He wins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he he told me that he got his cigarette sent into him by a friend of his in the Carolinas that used to go to this place called South of the Border. And it was like one of the cheapest places for cigarettes anywhere. And I'm trying to remember. I think they were like a buck fifty a pack normally, and he paid like sixty five cents a pack. <laughs> so, like yeah, Jackie and, Gleason. And like ten cartons. He needs, he'd get he ten needs cartons the break. Down to him. Well, I guess yeah. When you're when you're, I guess when you're smoking them in bulk, you know, and you, you don't get to hear that very much. Uh, smoking them in bulk. Yeah, he, I mean, he get like a carton at a time. Not a carton, like a case of cartons at a time sent to him. Holy shit. Yeah, they, had him, they had him in the uh, the property master who has all the props and stuff. They would have it in his truck. They'd have it in his uh, 18-wheeler, the cases of cigarettes for Gleason. Wow. Huh. Wow. That's pretty Unreal. cool. Everybody, we're yeah. talking to Scott Schwartz, uh, Hollywood legend. He was in The Toy. He was also in uh, A Christmas Story. You might remember his character, his little guy named Flick. So... <laughs> <laughs> So how they how they how like go ahead, that, smart that, ass and do it. <laughs> okay, smart ass. For sixty five hundred a week, your ass would have been right behind me. You betcha. You oh, betcha. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, obviously that's one of everyone's favorite movies. I mean, that's like how I yeah, that's got to be everyone's like top list. Like if you were to go, you know, like every movie, everything you get to Christmas, you're like, oh yeah, a Christmas story, of course. I don't yeah, think I mean, any better than that. You hear the three movies that you hear are Christmas Vacation, uh, Elf, Christmas Story. Oh, they had a fourth. You got It's a Wonderful Holiday. It's a Wonderful Life. Which, 
but it's really not a Christmas movie because the whole mo- the whole movie is not Christmas until the end yeah. when he's standing there, you know, holding the kid in his arms at the Christmas tree. Other than that, it's not really a Christmas no, movie. No, it's really not. Yeah. Yeah. Other than, you know, going up, uh, you know, uh, Ralphie going up Santa's to sit on Santa's lap. But outside of that, yeah. <laughs> that was the funny one slide. Yeah. I'm 31 years old. We watched, you know, we do the TBS, we watch Christmas or TNT, whatever. Christmas story, you know, all Christmas Eve long, like from morning until night. My aunt and uncle have the, have the leg in their living room for Christmas every year. I have one in my yeah, bedroom yeah. next that's to my just, bed. That's, like, that's iconic, you know. That's our Christmas. I've got a... Do you guys know Jerry, you know Jerry the King of Waller? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Monstrous Christmas story fanatic. Oh, really? So his, his girlfriend tells me that in their home, he's got the big leg lamp in the top window of his house, and it sits there all year long. And on December 1st, he lights it up, turns it on, and January 1st, he turns it off. Is that right? <laughs> I, I turn mine on every 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 uh, morning when I wake up. <laughs> I, I ended up, it was, now it's got to be probably a good five years ago, I spent the holidays with them. It was kind of a surprise for Jerry. His, his uh, girlfriend had arranged the whole thing, and I went to Memphis for Christmas. And she told me. It's on nine televisions, the whole house. Every TV in the house, it's on. It's got Christmas story. I'm like, oh, God. So I got there, and it was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I walked in. And when you walk in, there's a TV to the right, Christmas story. You go into the living room, straight ahead, there's a Christmas story. You go into the to the kitchen area, and to the left is kind of a, a dining a dining room, living room area, whatever. Yeah. And the big television's got Christmas story. I'm, so I walked in, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm on every television. Where's the food? <laughs> and, and Jerry got a kick out of that, so it was a lot of fun. Jerry's awesome. awesome. Jerry's awesome. Jerry's a great dude. Jerry's awesome. You're right. <laughs> he always played, he played such a great cad, man. Like, like all, he just, he played such a great heel, you know? Well, but that was his job. I know, I know. You know he, he, he played was, a great heavy. He, he, he learned it early on, and he goes through the, the late 60s into the middle 70s. Yeah. And, of course, then the whole thing with um, Andy Kaufman. Yeah. You know, and in that, it was kind of like Jerry ends up being the hero because Andy Kaufman is such a, a great heel. Right. So they kind of reverse the, the characters. Exactly. But the people were just loving it because Kaufman was such a putz. He was so great beating up women and then jerry ends up kicking his butt and the whole thing and of course you know we know the whole story now yeah, it was now jerry's a good guy. Set up i think jerry uh, i watched jerry the documentary Shapiro. on uh, man in the moon and i, I think jerry yeah. wanted to actually kill jim carrey like he literally wanted to hand carry his asshole no no <laughs> no not really oh okay then. no because it looked that's just kind of part of that's part of the gig you know uh, was that part of it because they, they really made it look yeah. like like Lawler really just oh, wanted to hand carry his ass, like because <laughs> Carrie gets such into a character, you know. And I mean, the, the way that uh, Kaufman is portrayed in the film, you know, is he's a lovable guy. He's wacky, yeah. but he's a lovable guy, you know. Which, which I don't. And talking with Jerry, he said to me, "Yeah, you know, Kaufman was a lovable guy. He loved wrestling, right." And he figured out this whole thing. This the, the whole nine yards was an Andy Kaufman, George Shapiro. Right. No, 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 no. Not Kaufman. Uh, Kaufman, Carrie. Carrie, who was playing Kaufman in the oh, movie. Oh, I know. Okay, all right. Dead. But they had, you know, remember, he ends up getting cancer and he passed yeah. away. So they've got to make him the lovable guy. Right. You know, even though he's wacky, he has to be the lovable guy. And, of course, Jerry's playing the heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I need to watch that movie again. I haven't seen it in years. Oh, Man on oh. the Moon? Yeah. Yeah. I love it because when I see when I see that it's on, I watch it, and then I see Jerry, and I take a picture of it, and I send it to him on a text. They go, hey, you're on my television, man. Residual <laughs> effects are gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jerry, man, he had, a, he, had a clo- he had a close call. Yeah, he had a heart attack, like, right there on Monday Night Raw that one time. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. That was close. Like, uh, what was the other announcer? He's like, he turned and looked. He goes, I-, I think we really got something wrong with Jerry here. I think we. Mike, Michael Cole. He yeah. saw me. Jerry went down. Michael Cole called right away. Hey, 
and uh, we need some medical. Get yeah. the medical team out here. Yeah, this, and it's right in the middle of a broadcast. Yeah, this ain't looking right. Yeah, he, that's what he was saying. He's like, I, I, "This is serious. I don't think something's right here. We need to get somebody now." <laughs> yeah, but Jerry's a strong guy, so yeah, you know, he's still in the ring at his age. He still gets in the ring and does his thing and takes his bumps. And I mean, I, I tell him, "You need this like a hole in the head, man. It's enough." He goes, "I can't. I can't stop." He goes, "I love it too much." Oh, wow. Hey, uh, my last guest, uh, Dale Niehaus, he said Jerry uh, came from his hometown in Evansville. Okay. Yeah. Well, Jerry, I'm just, I'm just Jerry's lived in Memphis for decades, but yeah. okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I've been born there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you came from Memphis, Tennessee, baby, the home of the king. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now, now, that reminds me of, uh, of my brush with greatness, which was one uh, honky-tonk man. I got good old Wayne. Good old Wayne. Yeah, well, I seen Wayne. Wayne was not doing well when I seen Wayne. He he was doing pretty rough at the time. I I haven't seen him. Uh, I haven't heard anything about him in like years. But I I just saw him. Oh God! Uh the end of February. No, no. Let me think. We were in this. No, it's the end of January. He was out in California and L.A. for a uh, uh, wrestling show convention, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and he was there, and Coco Beware, and oh, Coco, uh, yeah, Candice Michelle, and The Undertaker, and the whole bunch of guys. Um, Rikishi, you know, they were all there, and uh, no, Wayne's doing all right, you know, still getting up and around. Oh, good, good, glad to hear that. I seen him twice, and the first time I seen him, you know, he's you know, he's selling his uh, goods at a table, and this kid comes up, and this kid's like. You're the greatest, man. You're the greatest. And, and, and he's like, oh, hell, yeah, thank you very much. You know, and he's like, no, man, I really mean it, man. You, you are the greatest. And, it, this, you know, and, and Wayne starts kind of looking around like, you know, hey, maybe somebody ought to take care of this. And this kid was just relentless. I bet it was like five minutes. Like just, he wouldn't get out of the way. Like people would be like, hey, you know, it's our turn to get an autograph. And this kid's like, it's all you, man. I don't know why anybody else is even wrestling to you, man. And he, he looked so uncomfortable. And so like. Hey, wrestling fans are definitely a, a different breed. Oh. You know, they, they, they're in, they're engrossed in the heels and they're engrossed in the baby faces. It's one way oh, or the other. I was just dying because he looked, he looked so uncomfortable. Like somebody come get this fucking kid away from me. You know, but he can't do that. You know. <laughs> yeah, most most of the guys are different than their characters. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. You know. I mean, while you know, like Randy, Randy Macho Man, and Liz. You know, they were married during the time when I was really close with them. Um, but Randy lived up to a lot of the things that uh, was said about him. I mean, he was an ex extremely jealous guy. Yeah, I've seen that dark Didn't side of the guys ring. Talking to Liz, stay away from Liz. Yeah. Um, it, it was. It's one of those things where, because of the things that I had done, uh, I was I I got a different reaction because they were fans of mine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they knew the films that I had done, so and. Um, I was going all over the East Coast to the different cities, and I picked the guys up at the airport, take them to the hotel, take them to the arena, take them back, whatever, get them food, beers, whatever they needed. And uh, so, I mean, Randy would call me at home, you know, the night before, anywhere, you know, particular we'd be. He'd go, how you doing, Scotty? It's Randy. Yeah, what's going on? What time are you getting in? 3.30, United. Okay, or 3.30, American, Delta, whatever. Okay. And I'd pick them up at the airport. They'd get in the car with me. We would sit and have nice conversations. And, I mean, I would talk to Liz. I would give Liz a hug hello, a hug goodbye, you know. Mm -hmm. And there was never um, any worries or thought that, you know, he's going to cave my face in. And yeah. Other guys warned me, dude, you shouldn't even talk to Liz. He's going to kill you. I'm right, like, no, right. we're friends. <laughs> Not, you know. Um, and uh, Lanny... Papho, his brother, You're right. you know, told me, you know, years later that there was basically like three people that Randy trusted along the journey. And it was him, Vince McMahon, and me. It's the only three people he trusted Miss Elizabeth with. Holy shit. 
you know. So when I tell you I was friends with them, I was friends with them, you know. When each of them passed, you know, when Miss Elizabeth passed, it crushed me. I oh cried my for gosh, months yeah, and, that would have to be heartbreaking. Yeah, that'd be that'd be you horrible. know, Randy yeah. passing, you know, again, you know, when when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, Lanny read me the speech beforehand, you know. And he wanted some pointers, so I talked to him about it. And oh, I'm wow. in, you know, I walked the red carpet, and I sat with the gang and the right. whole thing. And, and, they, they, and they've been started. separate for quite a while at that point. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, as yeah. far as, you know, the Ruiz right. was long gone, uh, of course, as well. Let, let me introduce uh, you again to everybody gone. who's just joined us. Everybody, we're talking to Scott Schwartz. Um, he was in A Christmas Story, his flick. He is also in uh, The Toy with Richard Pryor and Jackie Gleason. He was young Mr., uh, Master Bates. So, <laughs> I love saying that, young masturbates. So. I didn't even know what that meant. <laughs> you know, there's two scenes in the film I can give you perfect examples. When um, the, the, the guy, uh, Don, says to me, you know, uh, 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 Eric, this is Jack. Jack masturbates. <laughs> Nothing. No reaction whatsoever. I didn't have a clue. My face was just deadpan, and, and that wasn't acting. I had no idea. Hi, so I'm Master Bates. Yeah. Then the other scene is the scene in the uh, dining area with Fancy Bates, Gleason, and Pryor when she's talking about her propellers and all of that. Yeah. Okay. So this scene, I mean, it takes hours to shoot these things. And so Gleason is messing with Teresa Ganzel, who played uh, Fancy, the whole day. <clears throat> They're talking about her boobs the whole day. Now, right. I know what boobs are at 14 years old. Right. Okay. So after them doing this the whole day, my, my line at the end of the scene was Fancy because she's talking about the boob job and the propellers and all that. Right. I said, what are your, what did your boobs look like before? Yeah. Seven hours of this I had, <laughs> you know, of talking about her boobs. I couldn't, I couldn't keep a straight face. If, and they were paying me and I still couldn't do it. Instead of a, a straight up, they just did me profile with Richard on behind, you know, behind me on the camera. Yeah. So when I say it, I go, what did your boobs look like before? I smiled. Yeah. Could not get a take without me smiling. Couldn't, it, I couldn't do it. <laughs> they had me cracking up the whole day. <laughs> You're working with Gleason and Pryor. Fuck. Like, it's hard not to. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there was, there, was, right. there, was, there was one point where I was, I was talking to Richard. He's sitting across from me at the table. And Gleason is to my left. And Teresa Fancy is to my right. And Gleason goes, um, honey, your left is more than your right. <laughs> She's like, huh? He goes, your left is more than your right. right. Yeah. And I look over and her left breast had fallen out of the dress. <laughs> so she looks down and she goes, oh, excuse me. And she tucked it back in. And of course, then Pryor said something I can't say on it, you know. Yeah, you can. And I'm oh, just, you can say that I'm here. Dying. You can say absolutely thinking, anything here, Scott. Oh no, he was just like, "Honey, you got a great pair of boobs," you know. Okay. <laughs> you know, he used the T word, you know, whatever. Nice sense. But I mean, it was a riot. <laughs> so by the time I got to my close up, I had no shot of being able to do it. Anything other than cracking up. Couldn't oh, do that's it. great. That's fantastic. <laughs> you know that dress, um, and it was oh god. 25 years after we did the movie, something like that, I was at a, uh, a show, uh, a memorabilia show, and one of my friends said, you got to come and see this, and takes me over to a table, and the guy had original drawings of costumes from different actresses from different films, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it was a 16 by 20, it was huge, and it was the original drawing that the costume designer had done oh, of that no white shit. dress for Teresa... So I bought it. The guy overcharged me because he knew who I was and he knew what it was. Right. But I, I really didn't care. Right. So I bought it. And then I called Teresa and said, hey, we got to meet for a cup of coffee. And I got something for you. And I gave it to her. And I said, if anybody should have this on their wall, it's you. And she was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, because it's, it's that original drawing of the, the white dress. Look at that. Scott, you're awesome. Yeah. Hi. 
Yeah, you find stuff for people all the time, you that's know? A, that's an awesome you know, story. Because, you know, I look for stuff for friends of I mean, mine, and if I find something, I call them up, I say, I got something for you. I, I think my favorite <laughs> one of those stories is um, is Joe Perry, uh, guitarist for Aerosmith, had to sell his Sunburst back in the, like, late 70s, early 80s because they were all strung out and shit. And uh, Slash, who Slash emulates him quite a bit, Found it, bought it. That's the guitar that's in. Um, uh, it's in uh, where he's outside of the church playing. Um, as a mm-hmm. yeah, as a tomorrow. Yeah, anyway, he ended up giving that guitar back to Joe Perry. I, I thought that was just yeah. like the greatest fucking that's thing a minch, ever. That's a mensch move. There's no yeah. question. Yeah, great. You know, something meant something to somebody, or it would mean something to somebody, and they would most likely want it back. So you mm-hmm. give it to them. Why not? Right. Who else should have it? You know, now if Joe turned around and gave it to somebody as a gift and then that person stole it, that person's a schmuck, but that's a different thing, you know. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So we got, we got, we got to hit on this one. Going to have to hit on this one. Uh, The porn career. My buddies. (laughs) Yeah. IMDB says from 1990 to 2000, you had more fun than anybody else. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) I had a hell of a lot of fun. Can we talk about it? I'm a pervert. I want to hear more. It is what it is, man. I had a lot of fun. Okay. I mean, some of them are still my friends, and and they're they're good people. Doesn't matter what they do for a living. I don't judge people. No, 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 no. Scott, us judging anybody is the furthest fucking thing that could possibly happen. Trust me. (laughs) I I had my fun. I didn't break any laws. I didn't go to jail. I wasn't on drugs. Mm -hmm. You know. I I, I, I did have my fun. You know, it's 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 one of those things where with uh especially old child stars people say oh you're a has-been oh you're this oh you're that and i always had the best answer to any of that i say really i bang chicks you jerk off to <laughs> <laughs> guys I'm not, I'm not kidding i'm going through i'm going through these like movies and i'm like uh this dude was in a movie with jenna jameson um there's like i, won, I mean I, I won an award for one of those movies actually <laughs> oh really uh, what, what, what was yeah. the, what's the name of the awards? I like I don't. Uh... AVN. AVN awards, yeah. Yeah, I won. I won best actor in a non-sexual performance. It was an acting role. I, I played an old Jewish movie mogul in uh, Silver Screen Confidential. Okay. That was the name of the film. Oh, okay. All right. You know, I, it's it, it's it was one of those things where I never planned on doing any of those, Mm-mm. but. You know, yeah. you need a job. You got to put food on the table and gas in the car, rent, you know, place roof over your head. And uh, one of the directors, uh, Paul Thomas, who worked a lot with Vivid, yeah, he called me up and he's like, hey, I want you to do this role. I said, I don't do adult stuff. You know, he's like, no, 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 no. This is what it is. You're a jester in the King's Court. You'll have a costume and it's all thing. And I did it and it was fun. And you make a few dollars. OK, fine. You spend the day hanging out with people that, you know, all right, fine. Right. And then just one after the other, people were coming up with these roles for me, and uh, and it was hysterical because yeah. they just they just let me have fun, you know. Right. Um, oh God, uh, I did one called Torn with Ginger Lynn. Oh, okay. I actually wasn't in a scene. I wasn't actually in a scene with her, but there's a scene where an actor comes in the room, and I'm supposed to be sleeping next to my wife. Right. Who was, if I remember, I think it was Kylie Ireland was the girl's name. And so the actor comes in and he ends up having sex with her, next supposed to be next to me in the bed. Uh, okay. And I mean, it's hysterical what we did because, you know, he, he goes to lift her legs up and instead he lifts up one of her legs and one of my legs. <laughs> you know? And then, then they're... I'm, I'm face down in the pillow and they start bouncing the bed up and down. And I started bouncing up, I'm, 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 you know, just bouncing up higher in the bed than they were. I mean, it was, it was stuff like that. Um, 
the, the, the favorite one that I did was called The Wrong Snatch. It's Wrong a kidnapping. But it's a play on words. It's a kidnapping picture yeah. mm-hmm. with uh, Julie Ashton. And I, I see what they did there. It's a double entendre. Yeah. I, I played seven different roles. So first I'm the baggage guy in the airport. Uh-huh. Then they've got me in a beard and a turban in the getaway car. And they throw Julie in the car, and I'm going, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go. so, this is, so we weren't real PC I, at that point. Then I, then I drew from my past. There's, there's a scene where the special agent calls into the home office. So it's like the James Bond thing. Right. Uh-huh. So he calls into the office, and I'm wearing an orange mustache, and I'm doing Gleason from the Gleason show. <laughs> He's like, a, he's like a so-and-so there, and I'm going, no, sir, he's not here, sir. No, no sir. <laughs> then, then, I, then I played the gay uh, tennis player. You know, the, the, the hero's name is Long and Hard. <laughs> so I come out from behind the bars. I'm also the bartender. I come out, and now I'm wearing a tennis outfit with the white bandana, you know, the white thing right. across my forehead. Yeah. And I've got a tennis racket in my hands, and I'm stroking it. And I go, did you say long and hard? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I I had fun. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Like, who wouldn't? Oh, man. Absolutely. Like, no, like there's, not, there's not a human man on this earth, male, or, or, or uh, heterosexual, <laughs> that would not love to have been in that. I don't even know if it's some great... Uh, Brian would have loved to have been in that movie. <laughs> I had a blast. Yeah, I, you know, as, as you said, being a heterosexual male, single, in his 20s, you know, listen, yeah. that's a beautiful thing. Don't, 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 don't throw me to the briar patch, Mr. Bear. Don't throw me to the briar patch. I get to hang out with Marilyn Chambers, Ginger Lynn, Christy Canyon, Erica Boyer, Gina Fine, Selena Steele. Yeah, uh, Marilyn Chambers was the, was the first one that I ever seen. The Ivory Snow Girl. Of course. Yeah, she yeah. started out in actual commercials. She promoted Ivory Snow, and in the background mm-hmm. of a lot of her, uh, her her scenes, you'd see like a box of Ivory Snow, which was uh, which oh, they always love playing with that. I know. You know. Afterwards, you know, she was she was a very very sweet lady. Her and I talked about movies quite a bit. Oh, she you was know, lovely. She did Rabbit in like '77. Yeah, you know, so she, she did mainstream stuff, but she did the adult. Yeah, and that's uh, what she was known for. Right. Very, very sweet lady. You know, unfortunately, left us way too soon. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, she, uh, she had an HBO show for a while, the After Hours HBO show thing that she did. Mm-hmm. I think it was HBO. Yeah. Was it HBO or Showtime? I think it was, it was HBO, wasn't it? I think so. Uh, I think so. I don't I, remember. I think it was Showtime. I'm pretty sure. Because that's the one they have the AVN awards on every week to watch on uh, on demand. Stabby, Google. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're on it, Stabby. Find this out. You know, some of the things I remember, most of it I remember, unless it's just something inconsequential. That to me was inconsequential. It was more, I was friends with, you know, a lot of the people in the industry. And, sure. And, you know, most, yeah. of them all, the, most of them all treated me with kindness and respect and cool and hang out. Jewel Denial I hung out with. Uh, oh God, Sabrina Dawn. These are people that, unless you're a fan of adult, you would have no idea who the hell they are. No. But you know, yeah, they they have fun Dude, that's like I mean, I was gone already. I I, 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 I left the industry at the beginning of 2000. You know. Yeah. So that's like so yeah. So he's talking about it. Uh, I started out somewhere in like eighty. Yeah, I'm older than you are. I think eighty two <laughs> is when I started. Eighty three maybe. His mic went out. Yeah, Mark, your mic. What's that? Your mic went out. Can't hear you. You can't hear me. Nope. No. We got nothing. Fuck. See. Uh, huh. See what happens. Nothing? Right, what do you want to talk about? Because he's, he's done. He can't say nothing. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, I, I don't know. Um, what else? What, uh, <laughs> how can people find you now? Here, I'm doing what Mark does. So apparently, uh, they can... Uh, you know, I mean, when this whole part of our life gets over with and this virus stuff, you know, I'll be out there again for shows and appearances. You know, I really don't 
I, I'm not an Instagram kind of guy. I don't really do Twitter. I think I have accounts on them, but I don't use them very often. Okay. You know, I have a Facebook page. That's, it's not really for fans. There are some fans on there, but, you know, it's mostly people I meet along the journey and my, my friends, yeah. family. Hey, Mindy. Hey, Alex. You know. You know, other people, they, they love their story. Instagram and they're all that. I'm like, you uh, know. They can't hear me apparently for some reason. Um, Bobby's carrying the while I'm not private, as you, I mean, you asked me a question about the adult industry. I'm very open about it. Okay, fine. He's fucked. Anyway. So, <laughs> you really can't hear me? Um, you you know, it's just me? something that's for me. It's like people bust Fuck. my hump because they said, dude. Why didn't you get my Facebook message? And I'm like, well, when did you send it? They're like, oh, an hour ago. I said, well, I haven't been home in two hours. They're like, you don't have your social media on your phone? I can't believe this is happening. And I'm like, no. Don't want my phone. If you're my friend and you want to talk to me, you pick up the phone. I'm old school, man. I'm going to be 52 here in less than a month. That's not old. I'm 52. I got, I, got, I got less than a month to go here. You know, there, there's other child stars that have, you know, or old child, older child stars that have big social media awareness and followings and all of that. I'm like, good for them. I'm more, yeah. you know, that's more for the youth. The, you know, Jessica, uh, Jessica, uh, Justin Bieber and his hundred million followers. God bless him. Selena I know. Gomez this really and, sucks. You know, all I'm of the other ones. My... God bless. Enjoy. Have the fun. The guests I've ever had. And I, you can't you know, me. there's a lot of yeah. athletes that, you know, I know that have their social medias, you what know. What the fuck? And, you know, if, but if I know them and I'm friends with them, I'm not going to turn around and leave you a note on social media, dude. I'm going to pick you. Hey, what's up? You know, yeah. I send him a text message, you know. This you know I want to talk to Lawler. <laughs> I pick up the phone and I call him. Or Bill Goldberg or, you know, Lanny Poffo or, you know, whomever. Or I send him a text, hey you, hey, you got 10 minutes to chit-chat? You know. Yeah. How, real quick, before we end this, or I try to end it, uh, yeah, it's going to be ridiculous. I'm kind of high right now, by the way. I've been making snacks. Oh, well, yeah. Snacks <laughs> everywhere in my kitchen. Anyway, <laughs> how did you get involved the, the in the wrestling world? People, the people in the audience can't see the, the other host, but he and I are both shaking our heads. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> How'd you get involved in the wrestling world with all them guys? Great story. There was a movie, it's older than you are. It was called The Money Pit with Tom Hanks and Shelley Long. I don't know. Great well. movie. movie. Great okay. fucking movie. Uh, I, I wish my guests would hear me. I was auditioning to play one of their kids, and Big John Studd was auditioning to play one of the movers. Oh. So I'm, oh God, this was 85. So the toy was already out, Christmas story was out, whatever. I, and I was a wrestling fan, whatever. I walked into the, to the uh, waiting area, and John Studd is sitting across from me. And I started to back up, and my dad's like, what are you doing? I'm like, Dad, that's big John Studd. He hurts Andre the Giant. He hurts people. My father's like, would you shut up? So we go in, and it ended up my audition time. We had gotten there like 10 minutes early. Well, he was there like 45 minutes early. He wanted to rehearse his dialogue, you know, practice his stuff. So I went in the room while I was doing my audition. My dad went over and started talking to John. Tells him who I am. John's a big fan. So I come out of the room. My father's sitting there with big John stud. And he's like, Scotty, this is John. John, this is Scotty. And John stud this biggest smile. He goes, oh, man. You were great in the toy, man. I love you. <laughs> you know, five minutes ago, oh. I'm scared shitless, and now, you know, he's my buddy. So oh my gosh. we ended up. And I love uh, the Money Pit. The Money Pit, I uh, laugh from beginning to uh, end of that movie. Tom Hanks, Shelly Long. Uh, oh, God, it started, an es- not an Escalade, a uh, a Chevy Biarritz. All right, a Cadillac Biarritz. And El Dorado. El Dorado Biarritz, thank you. And, um... So John needed a ride down in Madison Square Garden. So we actually gave him a ride. My dad put the seat all the way back and down, and he was so big, his knees were still up in the air. I mean, it was it was funny. But he gave me his home phone number and says, if you want to come to one of the you know matches, just call me in a couple days before. I'll make sure we're all taken care of. I'll bring you back. You can meet the guys. Okay, great. Uh-huh. So the first one I went to was the Saturday night main event 
on NBC. Oh yeah. And uh, Schwarzenegger was there. The case, the cast of Kate Nally was there. A whole bunch of celebrities there. Whatever. Oh wow. And you know, Jesse Ventura is there doing the commentating and Vince and everybody. Okay. Jesse. So I'm there, and about a half an hour in, one of the guys comes over and says, "Hey, come with me. You know, John wants to see it." So he takes me in the back, and I mean, me to uh, Brutus Beefcake, Greg the Hammer Valentine, uh, Randy Savage, Roddy <laughs> Piper, Hulk Hogan, and I'm not made of my buddy Scotty nuts. and whatever. It's they like, can't hear me. guys, the toy man with Pryor, you, you know. <laughs> They were all fans of mine. Stud is introducing. So, I mean, this leads to what happened. I'm, I'm glad. I mean, t- I'm sorry that the other, the other, you know, you know, WM can't talk, but whatever. <laughs> so, um, we, uh, I'm in the back, and one of the ring guys is standing there with the tag team belts, and. They're like, oh, my God, what do we just do? Somebody brought the tag team belts in the back instead of leaving them at ringside. It was a a Greg uh, Valentine, Bruce Beefcake championship match against whoever the hell it was. Okay. And they're like, somebody's got to bring these down to ringside. They were all afraid that somebody would see them. And they didn't want to get in trouble or be on television. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got you. Me, I didn't care. I said, give yeah, me the belts. I'll take them down. Uh, so I take the Christmas belts down to ringside, and, and Brutus is standing here. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, don't uh, worry about unfortunately, it. Unfortunately, he can't hear Do your thing. It's fine. So Scott, Whatever. Uh, so stop. He's doing yeah, I turn around, and I go back. So I'm in the amazing. back. And uh, then, of course, you know, I talk he's more to Brutus and, and whatever. And they're like, hey, you want to come to, you know, Madison Square Garden? This was the Meadowlands. I said, sure. Now I started driving, and they're like, hey, you want to come to Scranton? You want to come here? You want to come to Philly? Sure. No so, shit. So I started just – I'm just driving myself, and yeah. uh, I'm going I'm going to every every other day. I'm going to matches somewhere, okay? Yeah. Then I started flying. So now I'm getting on planes. I'm leaving school at 2 o'clock. I'm going to Newark Airport. There was an, there was an old airline called People's Express – it was kind of the southwest of its day. Very, very cheap. Okay. I could go from Newark to Dulles, Washington, D.C., $19 each way. Oh, my God. Okay? Oh, my God. I, I would jump a flight, and there was no such thing back then. There was no 9-11. You didn't have to be there 45 minutes ahead of time. Yeah. You got I there 10 minutes before a plane is leaving. Water you make it with you a plane. Here's your water. So I'd get off the plane. I'd rent a a car, and it would always cost me $10 extra because I was under 25. Uh And the the guys would always say, hey, we'll throw in the 10 bucks. You just pick us up and take care of us. Okay. So I would do that, (laughs) go to the hotels with them, either get a room of my own at the Ramada Inn. They had a $40 deal for the company. Or I would room with one of the guys because if they could split the room with somebody – now it was only twenty bucks. They could put twenty bucks in their pocket. Yeah. You know? So I would room with Jim Neidhart. I'd room with Piper. Fuck. You know, Piper. I mean, I, it was, Piper. So <laughs> he's going to I, I, Piper. I know. <laughs> so I so I do it. I do this. I do this for a couple of months. Mm. So I'm at Madison Square Garden, and this was a building. It was a union building, so I couldn't fiddle with the ring. All literally I would do is I would stand in the hallway where you always saw Hulk Hogan, you know, clapping his hands and all that crap. And the guys would come out and give me 20 bucks. And I would go upstairs, get them two beers and two hot dogs and come back. (laughs) And I was just eating their food. So one night I'm standing in the hallway and I hear Vince McMahon just screaming and yelling. He is cursing everybody out. These flowers, you forgot my MF flowers, my flowers, my MF flowers. And I just keep hearing this. Now, I had not met him at this point. Uh-huh. He comes out of the door and he's yelling about flowers. And I go, you need flowers? I'll get you flowers. And I tore down the hallway. Caddy corner to the garden was a florist. So I, uh-huh. run, across the, I run across the street, threw the guy 40 bucks, give me flowers, 50 bucks. Here, give me flowers. And he's just putting hey, flowers in my arms. To a great guy. Thank and you. I, I run back. Get in the freight elevator, come back, come down the hallway, and hand him to Vince. He hands him to Hulk Hogan. This was the Hulk Hogan making a pass at uh, Miss Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. And then Randy Savage was going to come in, and the flowers would go everywhere. It's right. the gimmick. 
Okay. Yeah. So I hand it, he hands off to Hogan. Ten seconds later, Hogan goes through the curtain and here we go. Vince looks at me and he says, I have no idea who you are, but you do not leave my building until I talk to you. Okay. (laughs) His building. He rents it as his building, man. I'm flick. We get the end of the main event. Vince comes out. He looks at me. Okay, come here. Come here, kid. Let me talk to you. So I go and we're sitting in a little office with a little desk, just me and him. He goes, who are you? How you doing? My name's Scott Schwartz, blah, blah, blah. I've been doing this stuff with the guys. I'm in the movies, da, 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 da. You're the one I've been hearing about. Oh, my God, we love the toy, and I've shown Christmas Story. My kids are young, but I've shown it, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. So he says to me, listen, you saved my main event. What can I do for you? And even at 17 years old, I knew better. Somehow in the back of my head, I said, you know what, Vince? If you could just make sure if I'm going to a building that Pat knows I'm coming, you know, that he knows I'm coming, make sure and have my pass, my staff pass, that's it. Just this way I don't have any problems. He goes, great, no problem. That's easy. That's done. What would you like? Would you like Hulk Hogan's boots, Andre the Giant's pants, Roddy Piper's kilt? You can have whatever yes. you want. Yes. Yes. And I, I said to him, I, I, I said, Vince, I'm uh, listen, if I – there's two ways to look at it. If I, I would have said to him, yeah, Roddy Piper's kilt, he would have gone and said the next building, Roddy would have handed me a kilt. But that's not what I was there for. No. I, I, As much yeah. as I was a right. fan, right. I was now Very becoming smart. a friend Very with smart. everybody. So it was just Very like, okay, smart. cool. Yeah. So um, three, well, less than three months later, uh, it was a Sunday afternoon. The night before I had worked at Boston Garden, I drove up there. It was like seven hours from the house I, we, my family had in New Jersey. So I worked a garden event, get done. I drove home all night. Yeah. I got home at, you know, 6.30 and 7 o'clock yeah. in the morning, whatever it was. So I'm asleep or pretty much asleep. It's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a from Sunday. The Christmas story and from the, the day before Richard WrestleMania 2. We're at 36. This is WrestleMania 2. Wow. Okay. Wow. So the phone rings and my dad was in the kitchen. He picked up the phone and I can barely hear him. He, he says, yeah, Scotty's, Scotty's here. Who's calling? And he goes, okay, one moment. So he comes into my bedroom. I'm laying in bed, and he goes, uh, hey, you got a phone call. I'm like, Dad, dude, man, uh, my head's spinning. I'm still tired. Tell him, you know, take, I'll call him back. He goes, no, I think you want to take this call. It's Vince McMahon. Oh, okay. okay. No? Okay. I <laughs> so, I, so I get out of bed. I go in the kitchen. I pick up the phone. I, I, I hey, Vince, what's going on? Scotty, how you doing? I'm doing good. He's like, listen, I need your help. Okay, what's up? He goes, WrestleMania 2 tomorrow, Long Island. I said, okay. He goes, I'm short-staffed. We got a whole crew in Chicago, a whole crew in, in Los Angeles. I need you in New York. You're a celebrity. You're in the movies. I want you to do all of their dressing rooms. You know, the water, the cheeses, make sure they got food, booze, whatever they need. You got to get out there. You know, you know what to do. I said, okay. He said, can you be there at two o'clock? Sure. No problem. Whatever. So I called up a buddy of mine. I said, hey, we're leaving school early tomorrow. We got to go to New York for WrestleMania. Okay. All right. So I go out for WrestleMania too. I go out to the island and uh, I did the dressing rooms for G. Gordon Lilly, G. Gordon Liddy, Mr. T, Lou Duva, Cab Calloway, you know, Joan Rivers. Did, I did Cab all the dressing Calloway. rooms. Everybody's happy. I'm running around. You know, Joan Rivers wanted this particular water. I mean, it was like whatever. He met Cab Calloway, and he can't hear me. It was great. Okay, everything. I think everything went pretty smooth. All right. I brought Stubby. A couple weeks later, I'm at the spectrum in Philly, and here comes Vince. Stubby's doing the interview now because they can't hear me. He said, "Come see me after the show," and I just drove down there. So I'm like, "Fine." So I waited for him. He calls me in to gorilla as they call it his office area and he's like do you know what happened to wrestlemania i said no i said you know i thought it was okay he goes la was a disaster every celebrity bitched and moaned chicago with the battle royal with the chicago bears celebrities everybody bitched and moaned you did new york nobody bitched nobody moaned great job really now, right then, right then, if I had half a brain, I would have said, hey, Vince, I'd really like a job. I could have asked him right there, and he would have 
from he would have put me on the payroll inside of five minutes. What did I do? Great, Vince. Uh, you're welcome. I'm glad I could help. I'm glad it went well. You know, on my end, nobody had a problem. And whenever you need me, you just let me know. He goes, your family, you're one of us. You need something anytime, anywhere, any place. You just come find me. Okay. And I had his office number. I had the private line, all this stuff. All I right. Know, uh-huh. So then I moved to California, mm-hmm. you know, about a year later. But yeah, I'll see for I don't see him for a couple of years. So they were going to be in San Diego for a, a – doing the uh, entire interview. I think it was Monday Night Raw. Nobody can hear me. You know. And, and this guy's um, fantastic. No, maybe it wasn't Raw yet. It was I'm just an event they were having. Uh-huh. I'm in the main studio. But, you know, it's going to be some kind of a pay-per-view or some kind of nonsense whatever. So I go down there, and um, after the WrestleMania thing, Vince had he had made up jackets for the crew members. There were black satin jackets and silver satin jackets, and he made me he gave me one of the black satin jackets. He only made like fifty of them, you know, whatever. So yeah. he gave me the jacket because I was one of the crew. Okay, so uh, I'm wearing my jacket, and I go to the arena like I'm working, you know. The guy's like, can I help you? I said, no, man, look, you know, it says WWF Network. <laughs> there was, there's no merchandise at this point on this stuff. So he goes, oh, okay, no problem. And I just walked into the, the arena. And there's Vince talking to a guy. And I waited like 10 minutes. I just, you know, just stood my ground. I was sitting in another seat waiting, whatever. And Vince got done talking to him. And I walked over and I said, uh, hey, boss, how you doing? He goes, oh, my God, my friend, my boss. Oh, how you been? Da, da, da. What are you doing in California? We had this whole 45 minute chat. Two guys came over while we were chatting, and Vince is like, When I'm done, I will get to you. And all he was doing was talking to me. Oh, really? You know, but you know, I mean, I met Stephanie when she was 12. Yeah. You know, um, you were like 17 then? Something like that, yeah. It was yeah. Uh, um, 85, 86. Okay. Yeah. Well, I probably wow. met her in 86, you know, um, but, uh, you know, I mean, you know, since then, you know, I mean, I went to many events, you know, not too many over the years until maybe I, until I met Lawler, you know, which was about five years ago now. And he kind of dragged me back into it, you know, and it was great because I went and I normally sit in catering, you know, I've seen enough yeah. matches from ringside. I don't need to sit there, you know. I've seen but, that um, catering too. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the weirdest thing to say that from a perspective of most people, because yeah. you know, uh, like WrestleMania Nine in Vegas, it was a small arena. They only had like nineteen thousand seats. They could have sold fifty thousand seats, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm there, and I'm there with Piper, and and uh, no, it was uh, Piper, Randy. I can't talk to him. It could have been Bret Hart. And I'm standing with the three of them. And and Vince walks over. And he's like, hey, my buddy, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I said, one of the guys, you know, that somebody's, you know, going to get me a seat for this thing. He goes, not going to happen. No seats. Not going to happen. He goes, come here. And he, so Vince walks me into the arena or, and, you know, the outside next to ringside. And he looks and he goes, that corner right there. That's your corner. Just sit in that corner. I didn't even have a chair. I was sitting inside the rail on the ground looking up at the ring. No chairs. No seats. Forget it. You know. Yeah. This guy's fucking um, amazing. So anyway, so and I'm dead you, know, you get to later and, and so uh, I'm, I'm at Staples Center and I'm sitting in the uh, – Gee, I'd sure hate uh, to talk to him about Rowdy Roddy Piper. And there's Kane and there's you know, this one and Hulk Hogan sitting at the table next to me. And I'm, so I'm talking to Terry and we're bullshit a little bit, whatever. And uh, Brock Lesnar comes in and Jerry introduces me to Brock and my man. My name is Paul Heyman. <laughs> And I absolutely, I love the guy. Absolutely love it. And I, and the advocate, and he goes, you know, I do the whole spiel. But anyway, so a guy walks into the room and I'm looking at him. And he looks at me and he goes, Scotty. And I go, Tony? It was Tony Chimmel. 
who was a ring announcer for a while, and he worked ring crew before. He worked with me. He did stuff with me back in the 80s. He was okay. still there. Oh. You know? And then the other, the guy, the timekeeper at the bell, Mark Eaton, he was there for 30 years. Tony drags me out. He goes, you're not going to believe this. Mark, look at who they let in this joint. And Mark looked at him. It was like, oh, my God. Then it became a crying fest because you're, like, seeing your old friends, you know? Yeah. So... It's cocaine. You know, I, I, I loved, you know, seeing the gang. And, you know, sometimes I bring, when I was going a lot, I brought Miss Elizabeth with me. And, you know, uh, uh, Paige and Becky Lynch would kidnap Miss Elizabeth, my little baby girl. They would take her in their woman's locker room and they'd play with the dog for half an hour. <laughs> Again, everybody, this is Scott Schwartz. But, um, you know, from most, the most, toy uh, most of the people the there I, I, I get along Blick. with. And, you know, of course, so, there's a couple so like come that. come on, smart ass. Ass. You know, but, yeah. but Vince, Stephanie, Hunter, you know, they've been oh, nothing. Oh, unfortunately, they cannot hear me. Oh, I, I met Mark way, way, way back, you know. I was gone. Oh, he's putting up his number one finger over there. <laughs> Everybody, everybody, we're talking to Scott Schwartz. He is from really the list. movie The Toy. He's also from A what Christmas is Story. Right. And he is fantastic. Too? Yeah, there's a pen paper there. Okay, well, just a second. Do you want us uh, to pause? Just a second. <laughs> anyway, uh, he's, <laughs> his, his, his stories so far have been mind-blowing. Uh, they cannot hear me. Unfortunately, uh, one of the greatest guests I've ever had can't hear me. There we go. Hey. hey. Well, what I was doing, I was just doing an introduction again for Scott, um, for everybody else that was joining us on Facebook Live, and that's what I was trying to do. Um, because my mind's fucking exploding when he's talking about Roddy Roddy Piper. And I can't fucking say anything. Well, here's the problem: is we've got a we've got a we've got a huge we've got a huge back echo. So Matt, I've got to let you run He's with the put show. He's got the phone closer to his face. What's he doing? All right, yeah. All right, talk into All the right. phone. I'm trying to do. You can hear him. All right, so yeah. I guess we gotta I guess we gotta wrap this one up. No, real quick. no, no, uh, no, 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 no. I'll keep going. He's awesome. Oh, okay. Keep going. Yeah, we're blowing his mind right now. I think that's what he's saying. Are we blowing your mind? Or okay. So, so I met I met Mark Undertaker in like 94, 95 in Vegas at a video software show. All right. But next so to him was Kevin uh, Nash and Shawn Michaels. Had, can't hear me. And I had met Nash so before. Uh, is so kind of introduced uh, me or whatever. Live with him, he so was just I'm mega cool. To let him do always the been mega cool with Because the guy's me. fucking phenomenal. You know, I've seen him several times over the years and just love the guy. But he wants Piper stories. That's what he wants to hear, Piper stories. Okay. So we're in Bethesda, Maryland at the Ramada Inn. And it was the dirtiest, most horrible Ramada Inn ever. Okay? It was a horror show. <laughs> There's a good one? <laughs> so I go in my room, and this, this, this particular night, I had my own room. And there's roaches on the floor. It's how bad it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'm not staying. This is nonsense. I go back down to the bar, and there's Roddy. And I said, hey, have you been up to your room yet? He's like, yeah. I said, did you see if there were any roaches? He goes, what are you talking about? I said, dude, mine, I got the Roach Motel. Uh, it's horrible. He goes, holy shit. So he goes upstairs. He comes back down with his bags. He goes, I got him too. So we ended up actually that night rooming together in another room that they got us. But they only had like one more room left. We ended up in the same room. So it ended up being the Roach Motel. <laughs> Years later, he and I are at a show in Texas, in Dallas, called Texas Frightmare. And I went over and I started BSing with him and we're laughing and joking, whatever. And a guy comes up wearing, from the movie, Motel Hell. He's wearing a Motel Hell t-shirt. Oh, no shit. I couldn't stop myself. I said, Roddy, I think we stayed at that shithole in Bethesda, Maryland. Well, he goes, the Roach Motel, the Roach Motel. And we just, we were just losing it. Roddy and I spoke probably every four to six weeks. He would call me. I would call him. He came out to California. He was doing the Love Boat Valentine's Day show. <laughs> and he calls me up and he's like, hey, 
what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. He's like, come down to Long Beach, uh, Long, you know, Long Branch, whatever the hell it was, Long Beach, I think. Come down to the, come down to the, 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 the boat. All right. So I went down to the boat, the set, whatever. I still have my script from that episode that he walked over to Gavin McLeod, Captain Steubing, and got him to sign it for me, and then Roddy signed it for me. And I, I still have it. You know, I'll take a picture of it and I'll text it to you. <laughs> He's laughing. You know, no, Roddy was. Oh God. Okay, so this is this is totally going to blow his mind. Um, actually, you know what? You hang on 15 seconds. Don't go anywhere because this is for you. I'll, I'll right? stay. I'll Hold stay on. right here. I'll stay right here. <laughs> so everybody, we're talking to Scott Schwartz, and he's fantastic. And uh, he he was in the Christmas story. He played Flick. Um, he was in the toy with Richard Pryor and Jackie Gleason. Okay. He was in some porn stuff. This is for you. You ready for this? Yes. Oh. Okay. Now I'm gonna try and put this closer so you with can the see action it. figure. He's got he's got the King okay. of the Ring with a signed it action says, figure with Roddy Rowdy Piper still in the box. Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Oh. <laughs> I think I just came. Okay. So this is why <laughs> it signed this way. We're doing a, a what they call a house show, no television. At mm-hmm. the Philadelphia Spectrum. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's supposed to be a Piper's Pit with Jimmy Snooker and Piper. <laughs> so we had everything set up. Okay, fine. Snooker's flight got delayed, canceled, whatever it was. He called up. He can't make it. Now they got no pit, but they got everything set up. Right, right. So Piper's there. I'm there in the back, whatever. And he goes, you know what? I got an idea. He goes, Scotty, go out in the crowd. Go find a kid. That's your size. Go find another boy, another, you know, that's just your size. Bring him back here. Okay. So I go out, I find a kid, come back, come back to, you know, the, the area there, the, the, the general food area, whatever, catering. Right. Back then they didn't have catering, but whatever. So Piper goes, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to come out. I'm going to do my, my spiel. Iron Mike Sharp is going to fill in. Okay. Mike's going to come out. All right. Now, Mike's thing was he wore no shirt. He was the greatest athlete of Canada, whatever. And he had this black leather thing on his arm that he would twist around like he was loading it up and all this nonsense. Okay. So he looks at the other kid and he goes, listen, can you look like Mike? Can you take your shirt off? Kid's like, sure. So the kid takes his shirt off. Kid was like 14 years old. Kid takes his shirt off. Piper got electric tape. And put electric tape around this kid's arm to make it look like Like, Iron Mike's arm thing. He looks at me and he goes, Scotty, here, put this on. He throws me a hot rod shirt. Oh, no. He goes, I'm going to come out. I'm going to do my spiel. Mike's going to come out, do his spiel. He goes, kid, then you come out. He goes, I want you to grab my hand with the mic and go, hey, don't mess with my daddy. He goes, Scotty, then you come in. And you come up to him, nose to nose, grab the mic and go, oh, no, you don't mess with my daddy. He goes, I want you, he goes, I want you to grab the kid and fall down. He goes, then Mike and I will take care of the whole thing. We'll do the rest right, of it. Right, okay. right, It goes off without a hitch. The kid does his thing. I do my thing. We fall down. Mike and, and, and Roddy are destroying the Piper's The Piper's set, right. The kid and I are laying there, and he's going, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my life. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there going, great. This is cool. Just hang out, man. A couple more minutes. It'll go dark, and then, you know, I'll take you back to your mom, and okay, fine. So I take him back to his mom. Everything's cool there. Okay, fine. Everything should be done and easy. The next day, about 4.30 in the afternoon, I get the call because Vince knew I was, you know, still in school. I still right. high school. Yeah. Vince calls me up the next day. It's 4.30. Parents aren't home yet from work. Phone rings up. Hello. Scotty, it's Vince. Hey, what's going on? What went on at Piper's Pit? I said, well, Mike didn't, you know, or Jimmy didn't show up. This is what we did. He goes, you can't do that. 
we have no paperwork on this kid. If he would have sprained an ankle, we could have been sued. And this, I said, I said, Vince, it wasn't like that at all. It was very simple, very easy. He goes, listen, these guys will try and sell ice to an Eskimo. <laughs> Don't do this ever. Do goes, not listen to Piper. Line number. Something like this goes on. You call that number and tell us what the hell is going on. So, so for one night, I got to be Roddy Piper's son. Um, I mean, we're friends all the way. And then he, yeah. I, I got that thing, the Piper's pit thing, and he signed to my son, Scotty. Cool. I'm going to tell you how cool Roddy was. We were, we were at a show here in L.A. called The Hollywood Show. It's a memorabilia, autograph, signing thing, whatever. It was it was my mom's seventieth birthday, so I had a cake and I was going to bring it out, you know, whatever, in front of somebody's table and just do it or whatever. And I told Roddy, it's my mom's seventieth birthday, you know. He says, "Well, do you, what, what are you doing?" I said, "Well, I got a cake and whatever." He says, "Just bring it over here, just bring it over here, man." So I I brought my mom over to Roddy and I really quickly went and got the cake and I come back and I've got the candle, whatever. And Roddy starts telling everybody to sing happy birthday and Roddy sang happy birthday to my mom for 70th. God. That's cool. That's really cool. Okay. Wow. He's an awesome dude. Yep. Awesome I dude. Bet. Let's wrap. <laughs> wrap it up. Is it wrap it up? Wrap it up. Wrap it up time. All I'm, right. I'm going uh, to call you. Ask, I'm going to call okay. you. Okay. Yeah, okay. just call me. He's saying just call me. Yes, in a minute. In, in like, in like uh, we still can't hear him, but I think he's, yes, you can call minute. me. Yes. Okay, right. so I'll do the wrap. Yeah, I got to tell you something. Either I don't know what the hell I'm looking at, or he's really bad at sign language. One or the other. <laughs> do you want to say something? Yeah, yeah, oh. I do. Okay, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do the wrap-up on it. Uh, Scott, you were fucking amazing, and you're welcome back anytime. Uh, hang out hang out afterwards. Uh, this is the beginning of a beautiful relation, uh, a friendship, I think. Um, so... Uh, give me a minute. I'm going to do the wrap up on this and, and hang out. I'm going to call you right back. Uh, everybody on Facebook Live, thank you so much. I finally got to do, I finally got to talk. Scott, Scotty is, uh, I'm going to call him Scotty. I hope he doesn't mind. But uh, this guy, this guy's great. And uh, so, it's all right. But we're good. Yeah, we have to wrestle. So, uh, anyway, uh, I'm just going to do from a room next it. to my bathroom in my basement. This has been my worst holiday. You know what? No, no, I can't do that yet. Um, we are a Realm of the Mist and a fourth hand podcast network. You can find us on all platforms. You can give us money at Patreon. If you like a show, give them a, a little bit of money. I mean, it doesn't cost you anything. It's a buck. Fuck, if you like it, it's the cheapest form of entertainment you're ever going to get. You're watching me right now. Give me a fucking dollar. So, hey, thank you so much, everybody, on Facebook Live. We'll talk to you soon. And from that being said, from a room next to my bathroom in my basement, this has been my worst holiday. Good night, everybody. <laughs>